And I just want to give credit if any fans, and I know it's the minority, are going to bash Jerome Tang, like shame on you. You know you guys got the coach for your future. And you know after this, if you're a player who didn't get the best opportunity at another school and want to have someone who can make sure you are as good as possible and improve your NBA draft stock, go to Kansas State, go be with Jerome Tang. He's one of the most creative coaches I saw. All year. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in Aggieville. Aggieville, Aggieville, I'll be out in What's up, everybody? You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie, and tonight we've got a big dance to talk about. K State is a three seed in the East region, and we have seven Big 12 teams in the NCAA tournament this year. Tonight, we're going to be joined by our friend Robbie Triano of SiriusXM's Big 12 Radio and the 1012 Network's Midwest Madness podcast to talk about some of our biggest upsets that we're, that we're calling for the tournament, our predictions, and how deep we think the Cats will make a run in Coach Jerome Tang's first appearance in the NCAA tournament as a head coach. And the whole episode is basically just going to be a guys talking ball segment. So let's jump right into it. And I've got my speaker invites up for the good chef, Andre Napier, and Fireball Matt Marchesini, who I am always, always joined by. Chef, you've got a quite an interesting avatar there. Would you like to describe it for those of us uh, who, are, who are not going to be watching this and, and going to be listening? It is the glizzy of all glizzies, topped with K-State purple caviar, Yes, Bob, Fireball, Robbie, my friend. What a great day to be a Wildcat. Why, why are you posting a penis as your picture? That's just a... Take it easy, easy. It's a glizzy. We're speaking in codes here. To- that was the shittiest hot dog I've ever had. And I've had... Oh, my God. It, it Like, the photo that the good chef has in that avatar is like a good version of that. I had like a really bad version of that. I've had some questionable hot dogs from a gas station in my time frame. I would rather eat that. Like what is purple? Relish? I, uh, gas station hot dogs are pretty good. I agree. Gas station hot dogs are underrated, but like describe that relish to me because I see pictures and it makes me want to vomit. Even the the promo picture looked disgusting. Like give me the in-depth details of that disgusting. Who? I mean, you could easily recreate the relish by going to your local grocery store, buying a dollar jar and throwing some purple food coloring in that thing. Um, just my opinion. Albeit, it really looked like a grape jam, and it wasn't. It was just it was, it was just a very unmemorable hot dog. Kind of like our game against TCU. That game was the hot dog. Shout out to Hayes for the picture, by the way. This is all this is all Hayes off of Twitter. So, and I mean, we're not going to discuss the TCU game tonight. We've got we've got a lot bigger fish to fry so i'll just let i'll let the three of you if you have any commentary on that game get your takes out there and we'll give you a minute each and we're going to cap it to a minute if you have any commentary on the tcu k-state game from the big 12 tournament or just any commentary on the big 12 tournament 
rapid fire. I'm going to start with Robbie. Go. Yeah, uh, I thought the Big 12 tournament, like the visual part of it, like the product on ESPN I thought was really good. But all the games were like somewhat blowouts besides that Texas TCU game and even that Iowa State-Baylor game. I thought the quality of basketball was not up to par of what we've seen this year. And it might just be teams just like hitting the road or I, I, I don't really know what. I know some teams were hobbled like Texas and Kansas. And I know and some teams were just straight up tired. And I think Kansas State, like TCU really put it on them, which was so strange because heading into that TCU game, the Eddie Lampkin thing was one of the weirdest transfer portal entries I've seen in a really long time. And Kansas State just did not look very good in that game. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to say that's an alarming thing heading into the tournament. I'm not going to say that Kansas State had a disappointing year based on that. I think Jerome Tang has gotten the most out of this team the entire season. Like if we think about Marquise Noel, that's not a player who was meant to take this big of a leap. And like Keontae Johnson, he almost died on a basketball court. And now he is the player that we all thought he'd be before the whole dying on the basketball like basketball court thing. So I, I, I don't take too much into that tournament. I didn't really enjoy watching the tournament that much. Um, but I'm confident about Kansas State. Fireball Matt, you were there. I wanna I wanna hear your takes on the Big Twelve tournament and or and or the TCU game writ large. Yeah, um, I went Wednesday night and um, I was expecting some closer games. Robbie hit the nail on the head that really the games weren't all too um, exciting, um, you know, which it was the complete opposite of what I thought the Big 12 tournament was going to be. Um, honestly, I think the biggest upset was Robbie not coming to the Big 12 tournament to get the tattoo. But um, yeah, we can blame sure we'll SiriusXM for that. them. They did not pay for anyone. Our, ch- our company's cheap. We just laid off like 500 people. We have the cheapest company in the world. Uh, I hope this doesn't oh, get out to my employee. Oh, man. It's okay. Um, I still subscribe. Don't worry. Uh, but, uh, it, like, at the end of the day, I felt that Texas and Kansas were going to be the two best teams. Um, I did have us making the final, but at it, it is what it is. Texas really played well, and if they continue that momentum going into the NCAA tournament, they're going to have a really good shot to make the final four. So, um you know, we'll see how the Big 12 fares these next couple. Chef, fired up, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, the thing about this tournament is, I mean, it's the total opposite of what I I predicted was going to happen. Uh, if anybody wants to go back and listen to our previous episode, talking about that, our predictions of that bracket, it was totally ass backwards for me. But all in all, like Robbie said, the the presentation from afar was nice. It, it was just a, a good basketball tournament visually. Uh, I thought I thought they did wonders for the crowd. I couldn't tell how packed it was in those opening games, but it didn't seem very full, but they, they kind of masked it a little bit. But touching on Kansas State TCU specifically, I think Kansas State was a little tight, and, you know, I think we wanted to prove something. And then when that didn't happen, we, we get off to this hot start. And then when TC punches us back, we don't kind of, you know, stay in the fight, but all in all, I think we played, we played good. We turned the ball over a shit ton. We played decent, but when they're shooting the lights out, when the worst team in the big 12 at shooting threes is shooting like almost 50% from three, I maybe over 50% from three, and a, a guy that shoots it like uh, Bill Cartwright from the three-point line, 
is draining threes off of fadeaways. You know, if the night was just not your night, that could happen at any game at any time for any team. So if you're dead set on what's going to happen in this NCAA tournament happening, if a team gets hot, there's nothing you could do about it. So I've got my mind made up that that was uh, an anomaly for TCU shooting, and that's why we went down. And I, I agree with all of those points from from all three of you. I, I think first and foremost, what I want to talk about here is is do a quick recap on on our brackets that we picked for last week because they were all pretty damn. They were all Please pretty don't. damn bad. No, no, no. no. Uh, Chef, Chef, as a reminder, had Baylor and K State in the championship game with Baylor winning it all. Uh, I had West Virginia and Texas in the championship game with West Virginia winning it all. And Fireball Matt had KU and K-State in the final game with KU winning it all. So all three of us were very, very wrong. And I would like to apologize for putting out the worst possible bracket uh, for all three of us for the Big 12 tournament. Because I think we all anticipated going it a, a little bit differently, I will say. And, and just the last thing I'll say on the brackets in the Big 12 tournament, Matt, you won the straw poll on who had the best bracket. So you won with 38.5% of the Congrats, of the Matt. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Speaking of brackets, first and foremost, I, I'm going to put out a shameless plug for our Cocaine Willie bracket battle. If you go to our Twitter account, it's the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. So if you want to participate, it's through CBS, which is the same as Bosco's Boys. You can literally just import your bracket from the Bosco's Boys pool or from any other CBS pool you have, and we're strictly playing for bragging rights. So import your bracket from another pool, toss it in, and, and the winner will get all sorts of their name in, in neon lights on this podcast uh, in, in future weeks if you have the best bracket. So again, on the point of brackets, we're going to go through, all four of us, our first round upset picks we're going to cap it at four per person. So, so my thought process here was you've got four regions. You could do one upset per region, or if you think one region or two regions are particularly upset prone, go ahead and, and mention those upsets. But we're going to go around the horn. I see Chef is typing right now, so maybe maybe Chef will skip over you real quick, and, and we'll start with, uh, with Robbie. So, Robbie, who are your four upset picks for the first round for the NCAA tournament? Uh, so starting in the West bracket, I have Iona beating UConn. I have no other reason except Rick Pitino. He gets things done, and he gets them done quick. So give me Iona for that. And also the rumors that Rick Pitino would be the head coach at Texas Tech, that's just absolute bullshit. There's no way that'll ever happen. Like That's the quickest way ever for Kirby Hoka to get fired. It's just like, oh, we – we had this one coach leave us who allegedly choked his wife. And then, oh, yeah, we just had this other coach who just, like, used a Bible reference of slaves. Let's go hire Rick Patino because that's a really good guy. No, that's really stupid. Uh, my other one, if I go to the Midwest, I have Kent State beating Indiana. From everything I've heard, Kent State is a really fast team. They have a good defense. Uh, and Indiana, to me, is still a little suspect. Anyone in the Big Ten uh, is a little suspect. Being someone from Michigan State, who, uh, who that's my favorite team, I can say that I enjoyed zero, zero uh, big, big Ten basketball this year besides Purdue. Uh, I have Providence actually beating Kentucky, which is a huge matchup leading up to Kansas State. I think an Ed Coley teach, uh, team is like really good, and uh, I don't necessarily trust Kentucky a whole lot this year based on what I've seen. And last, 
another Big 12 team. I have West Virginia beating Maryland, and I really do think West Virginia can have the potential to beat Alabama. I think Alabama, I have winning that region. But West Virginia, to me, is a really good team with some good scoring, a lot of good wings. You have bigs you can trust, and you have Bob Huggins coaching, although this may be his final go-around. I don't know what he's going to do. I like West Virginia. So, yeah, those are my four. I have West Virginia, Kent State, uh, Iona, and what was my province? I love it, especially the West Virginia pick. I had them – like I just mentioned, winning the Big 12 tournament just because I think they're really hot right now. And for whatever reason, I think they're they're playing fairly well. Granted, the, the Big 12 tournament play wasn't necessarily indicative of that, but I think those are good picks, Robbie. Those are great Thank picks. You. Those are great picks. How did My you guys off? feel about that Chef. Providence matchup, though? The fact that you would – like, would you rather Ooh. face Providence at Kentucky? I know Kentucky has Oscar Sheway, but, like, what, what are you guys looking forward to that if we were to jump ahead – well, Providence is kind of shit, in my opinion. They're, they've lost, like, the last three games. Uh, the Bryce Hopkins kid scares the fuck out of me. But I think Naquan Tomlin, if he doesn't foul, I think he matches up with him pretty well. Um, and other than other than Bryce uh, – I think his name is Bryce Hopkins. He, he, I think he used to play at Kentucky. Other than him, they don't really scare me all that much. If, if Kentucky gets uh, their Wheeler kid back, they scare the fuck out of me. But you know we've got we've got precedents over Kentucky recently, so give me. I mean, it's a toss up. Just depends on health, in my opinion. See, uh, this was going to be actually one of my upset picks because I think we have a lot of people that are penciling in Kentucky to win this game because of what they could be. I personally think that Providence played. I believe the Big East was a tougher conference this season than the SEC, and. Bryce Hopkins is a dude. He's a really good player for that team. And like all of, uh, all of the talking heads, I feel like are picking Kentucky to win this game because it's Kentucky, but I've seen Kentucky play some really bad basketball games this season. So I would say that Kentucky scares you because of the potential. Um, I think we're ending, we're going to end up playing Providence. That's just my, my thought. I like that. Do you, Bob, do you want me to get into my upsets? Or? Let's get in. Let's get into your upsets. Okay, baby. Here we go. So I got uh, number thirteen, Furman. I don't know what what region is that. Is that in the South? I think that might be the South. Furman over Virginia. You know, Virginia just their offense is non-existent at times. Furman brings back a shit ton of players from last year's team that was the best in that conference but got beaten in the championship game and didn't make it to the tournament. They bring back like six, six-year seniors. So they, they're they a tough out, for my opinion. I think they got underseeded as a 13, but Virginia's going down to them. Then I have Boise State over Northwestern. You know, Northwestern's low-key kind of fraudulent. I mean, they they started the season off really, really hot and, you know, kind of penciled their way into that number two seed in the week big 10 where it was just a mosh pit they were really good at home but when when push came to shove when it came time to neutral sites and road games not at the beginning of the season i think they they're due for a crumbling and you know boise state sleeping out in that mountain west you can't sleep on those boys and i don't know what time that game tips off but you know fuck around and find out with those boise state broncos 
And then, uh, you know, I got NC State over – who were they playing? Uh, Creighton. Everybody's scared of Creighton. Everybody was – Kansas State fans were, like, crawling out of their skin at the thought of playing Creighton in Des Moines. And it was it was kind of funny to me. But, you know, I think NC State's – they've got two guards. I know one of them's Joiner. I can't think of the other one's name for the life of me. But – those two, if they get going, it's not – you can't stop them. And they've got really big, big guys, like chunky big guys. Not necessarily like seven foot two, but they're like six nine, six ten, and thick. So I don't think their center is going to be able to move – Creighton's center is going to be able to move them around as much as he did uh, kids in the Big East. And then, like Robbie had, I got Kent State over Indiana if – They've got their Indiana relies on a freshman and like a 12th year senior. And if the 12th year senior is not going, what's his name? Jackson. What is it? Some Smith. He, if he's not going, if he's not putting up 30 and 15, Indiana is ripe to get smushed. So Kent state, I'm repping an Ohio team. Let's go. I love those. Um, so I mentioned Providence over Kentucky, um, so I won't go into that. Um, VCU over St. Mary's. Um, there's a couple of pieces here. So VCU, I think, has shown some really good flashes this season in the Atlantic 10. The biggest thing is St. Mary's is going to be traveling like 2,000 miles over to Albany for this game. It's a long travel day. Um, I think that is going to bring a little bit of uh, just – starting the game a little bit slow and it's a five twelve, and uh, we've seen the past with these five twelves that you're going to at least have probably half of the five twelves, the twelves winning those matchups. Um, so I'm thinking VC over St. Mary's. Um, my next one is going to be Penn state and Texas A&M, which to be very fair for both teams, I think Texas A&M got screwed with their seeding. I think Penn State could have been an eight or a nine seed in this bracket. A&M, A&M probably a five or six, but Penn State, and I don't know if anybody watched some of Penn State this past weekend in the Big Ten tournament, but they have a team that can shoot the basketball. And if they're on, they're going to be able to beat a lot of teams. Jalen Pickett, uh, a Wooten Ward finalist, he's just an incredible player. Um, fun fact, started at Siena College here in Loudonville, New York. But uh, uh, Penn State, I, I think, has a really good chance to upset A&M. And that could be a really interesting matchup um, with Texas if Texas does beat Colgate. And then my last one's going to be Charleston versus San Diego State. I'm picking the Charleston Cougars on that one as well. Charleston this season has looked really good. They're a 31-win team. And another ripe five twelve matchup where the twelve is going to do a, a nice little upset. I like those. I like those. I've got a couple of those myself, but not for this. Uh, my first upset. I've got Oral Roberts over Duke. We saw what Oral Roberts did. What was that last year or two years ago or three years ago? Please. They had a two years ago. Two years ago, they had a really good tournament run. Their head coach is Paul Mills. He's a he's a Scott Drew guy. I think he might be the next head coach of Texas Tech if they don't hire Rick Pitino, who I think is more than likely to go to St. John's anyway. But I, I just think Oral Roberts, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling it in my gut. And all these ads on TV are telling me to go with my gut. So I'm, I'm going with Oral Roberts there. 
Upset number two, it's already been mentioned, I think, one time, I think by Robbie, Iona over UConn. That's another one where the Rick Pitino effect, I think, is is going to is going to work in their favor. He's he's taken teams like Iona far in the past. What was he head coach of Providence when Providence was still fairly, you know, not great. If I if I remember yeah. right, yeah, back in what the seventies or eighties. Yep. So I think he can. I think he can make some magic happen. And UConn, I just don't see it. I, I don't know. I just for whatever reason, I don't think UConn's good. Uh, and that's not because I've watched them play basketball. It's just because I don't feel like they're a good team this year. Upset number three, Chef. Can you can you cue me up the uh, the Soldier Boy real quick? Soldier Boy, tell him. Pop up out the bed, turn my swag on. Oh, is that not? Hold on, was that not the one we were looking? What for? the fuck? <laughs> the, the, the Drake, the Drake, Soldier Boy Drake. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Drake. <laughs> I got Drake. I got Drake over. The Miami Hurricanes, the fighting Nigel Packs. I, I I like Drake a lot. So as as someone who did watch a lot of Creighton basketball in my lifetime, Darian DeVries is their head coach. He was a longtime assistant under McDermott at Creighton. He's done a really fantastic job with that Drake Bulldogs team. And I think that they're going to be a major threat for an upset again in that 12-5 matchup uh, seed line in bracket. And, and Miami plays in a really weak ACC this year. Let's just call a spade a spade. So – you know, maybe maybe Nigel doesn't have a great night. Maybe maybe Drake's just feeling themselves. They're another kind of like that Ali Farouk Manesh. They're a Missouri Valley team. I wouldn't be surprised if they jack up some threes and, and run up the score against a Miami team that, you know, I think is mid at best. And then my final upset is the College of Charleston over San Diego State, similar to Fireball Matt. Uh, that's another 5-12 matchup as well. And... I don't really have any justification for this. I just like the five twelve matchup there and college of Charleston. If I remember right, I think they were ranked in the top 25 for a, for a good portion of the season. They're 51st yeah, they in the net. Yeah. They're 51st in the net. Now they're only they're They're Owen one against the top 25, but San Diego state is Owen two against the top 25 and college of Charleston. They're averaging 80 points per game. So they might run up the score as well. We'll see what happens, but those are, those are our upset picks. Uh, does anybody have any any commentary on each other's picks or any anything that you thought would maybe be picked that wasn't picked? I got an honorable mention. I'll I'll get this in before anybody else does because you know my fear level last week for UNC Asheville. You know they they scare the hell out of me. They've got a guy on there that's a pro. That white boy can play. I think his name's Pemberton or something like that. That dude can hoop, and UCLA better watch the fuck out because that dude might might drop forty on him. And I don't know if they've seen a guy like this guy. He, he and, and, and as we all know, as we all know, Chef watches a lot of Big South basketball. Motherfucking Pemberton! I watch yeah, a lot of pull up the Pemberton. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving Pemberton. Oh, it's just Pember. It's just Drew Pember. Pember is not Ton. It's not Pemberton. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay, he's going to be dropping a ton of baskets. That's what he's going to be doing. <laughs> he, he might be. He might be. Yeah, and and I, I guess moving on here, the, the second topic that we had for tonight was just because we don't want to go through everybody's every single pick on the bracket, so we're, we're going to pare it down a little bit. But I think for, for the whole group here, how many Big 12 teams do you have making the Sweet 16? Who are they? 
and why. And let's start with uh, let's start with Fireball Matt. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I have three Big Twelve teams making the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I'll just go down the seed list. So I have KU. Um, I think they've shown this season to be one of the top teams in college basketball. Um, I do think their draw to make the Sweet 16 is fairly good. Um, Illinois scares me a little bit because I do think Illinois Illinois has shown flashes this season where they could beat a Kansas. Um, do I think it's going to be in the second round? I don't. Um, so I do have Kansas making the Sweet 16. I have Texas making the Sweet 16, albeit that second-round matchup will be juicy, whether it is against Penn State or if it's Texas A&M. And I love the committee putting that together um, because to have that type of rivalry game in the NCAA tournament, I mean, we, we just don't see it very often. Um, so I do have Texas making the Sweet 16. And I do have K-State making the Sweet 16. I think the draw is somewhat favorable. Uh, Montana State, I, I see the Montana State game. They'll probably be a little pesky, um, but this is a team that I think from a K-State perspective um, is in the right moments to be able to, to put a little bit of a beat down on them. And then I feel confident about the Kentucky or Providence matchup. I really do. Um, I think the Kentucky game would be, I, I think both games would be close, but I compare it to some of the other six seeds and some of the other 11 seeds. And this is one that I feel pretty good about, um, being able to make it to Madison square garden for the sweet 16. So I have three K state or excuse me, three big 12 teams making the sweet 16. Robbie, you, you are the voice of the Midwest madness podcast and you cover the big 12 every single day of your life. How many Big 12 teams do you have making it to the Sweet 16? Well, going back to Matt, if we could have three K-States in the tournament, that would be awesome. If we could just have three Keontae Johnsons running around, three Jerome Tangs doing the uh, – what is that thing called yeah. in the stands when you guys just punch the air? What is that called? The, the Wabash. The Wabash. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm learning up, but I, every time I see it, I'm like, if someone were to just do that by themselves, it's goofy as hell. But if someone were to do that with the combination of the crowd, it looks awesome. But like, if you were just in your bedroom, just punching, like, I think something's wrong with you. Where were we? Okay. In the Midwest region, I have Texas. That's my only team in that. Sorry, Iowa State. Sorry, your bridge did not make it. And to me, Texas is a team that can win the title. And I think they are such a really good balanced team. You have really good guards of Marcus Carr. You have Tyrese Hunter, who is getting hot at the perfect time, and he's a really good on-ball defender. And you have Serge Jabari Rice, which has the most unbelievable pump fake I've ever seen in my life, if anyone hasn't seen it. You have wings like the world's most punchable man in Brock Cunningham, who's just a really good defender and someone you can trust in situations. You have a player like Dylan Basu, who is this awesome big that's turned on at the perfect time. You have a player like Christian Bishop. You have Timmy Allen, hopefully coming back from injury. I think Texas has a really good chance to not only beat Houston, but to actually win a national title. In the West, I have two teams, and I have – Kansas and TCU and I know that Kansas has to go through Illinois that's a team that I have and what scares me about Illinois is now that Matthew Meyer uh he he got this tolerance to monster energy drink and caffeine 
So now that he's built this tolerance, like, is he just going to go to cocaine? And if he starts going on cocaine and plays Kansas, like, that could be a really dangerous matchup. But even then, I think Kansas has enough to beat Matt Meyer and Illinois. And it all depends on the health of Kevin McCuller. If he's not there, I don't think this team has enough to make a deep run because I can't count on Joseph Yesifu or I can't count on that depth and that small team to win enough games or to have enough good on-ball defense. And, like, honestly, he just knows what to do in major, like, defensive situations, even though sometimes when he shoots a basketball, I don't think he has any clue what he's doing sometimes. And then TCU, and I think they have the hardest road to get there because they play Arizona State or Nevada, and then they go through Gonzaga, and you can say whatever you want about Gonzaga, but they have Drew Timmy, and that's someone who can get buckets and has played, I don't know, 8,000 trillion minutes of college basketball. You have to put value into that. But I do think TCU has enough offensive and like just athletic skill players to throw at him. And then you just have amazing guards of Mike Miles and Damian Ball. I, I really enjoyed watching their Texas game because I thought they battled really, really well, and they play really good defense, and they can make you turn, off, turn the ball over. And then you guys in the East, I have Kansas State making it through. I don't think you guys have that difficult of a road, um, but then you guys have facing Marquette, and we can get to that in a bit. And then I have nobody in the South region. That means I do not have Baylor or West Virginia. So I have four teams from the Big 12. Real quick question for you, Robbie. Between Brock Cunningham and Eric Stevenson, who would you say has the more punchable face of the two? Oh, I think Brock Cunningham. I think he leads the clubhouse in Big 12 for most punchable face. Like, imagine that guy coming up to the bar and, like, you're with, like, your girlfriend or significant other, and he's just like, huh, uh, can I have your number? Like, that – I could totally see him doing that, just being a little bit of a scumbag, like, has no morals. Like, I would love to, Brock, like, punch Brock Cunningham square in the mouth. Um, and the fact that he's coming back for another year, the guy just doesn't quit. He just – like, I'm waiting for someone to just clock him. Um, and it may be next year. I think Naquan Tomlin might like get this like angry side of him. And I think that I would not be surprised next year if like Brock Cunningham does a hard foul on Naquan Tomlin that Naquan just like absolutely destroys him. Who did we say was going to bring the gun? Oh, it was uh, Nate Aubrey. Oh, Nate Aubrey might just shoot him. <laughs> right. But what will Bijan Cortez do? Oh God! Oh, God. oh God. Jesus what? Christ! He's 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 gonna be simping. He'll be on the ground like begging for it, and like a uh, he'll be a he'll be a what? oh please no he'll be a please. he'll be a sub he'll be a sub he'll be a strap oh up in leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! On, on that note, uh, Chef, how many how many Big Twelve teams do you have making the Sweet Sixteen, and who are they? I've got three. I've got Baylor uh, coming out of, what is that, the South. I've got K-State coming out of the East. I've got Texas in the Midwest, and I've got nobody else because KU loses to Arkansas in the Ooh, second round. Even though their two best players are hurt. Who's their two best players? I don't know. I've just heard multiple people say that two of their best players are hurt. Well, well they brought back the – Nick Smith is back. He's back, isn't he? He played in. He played pretty good in the SEC uh, tournament. He hit a game winner for one of them. Uh, I think one of them's that like he's got like a Barbosa last name or something like that. He could jump out the gym. He's kind of insane, but I think he's hurt. I don't know if he's coming back, but I still got Arkansas. You know they're they're feisty. They got dudes. 
like Coley Dub would say, they've got dudes. And, you know, it's going to be tough for KU, especially if you got guys that can – at the five position that puts K.J. Adams in a bind because we saw just like K-State did in Manhattan, when you get K.J. Adams in foul trouble and they have to rely on their depth big guys, uh, I think it's Uso – what's his name? Oso or whatever his name is, the freshman. He struggles immensely. He can't shoot free throws if you foul him. And, you know, the, my whole philosophy on just fouling big guys when it comes down to it, forcing them to shoot free throws instead of layups and dunks. So I think K, KU is going to be in a little bit of trouble if they come into an athletic small ball team where K.J. Adams is going to be put to the limit. So that's those are my three. I think KU goes down, baby. Very interesting. I, you know, wouldn't be heartbroken if that happened, but my bracket would probably be busted because I've got them. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but I've got five big 12 teams and, and an honorary sixth for the Houston Cougars who will be joining the conference starting July 1st. So I'm living up to my, to my nickname as the commissioner here. I've got Iowa state. I just think for whatever reason, them dismissing Caleb grill, They've, they've turned a corner. They've been playing significantly better since that happened for whatever reason. And granted, the second half of their of their game in the Big 12 tournament I don't think was very good, but they've they've won some good games since then. And I just I think he maybe was just that much of a cancer in their locker room. So they've they've done well without him. I, I like their chances to to make it past God, who is it? Kennesaw or wait, Kennesaw State or Xavier, the Mississippi State Pitt play in game. I, I just think that they could beat they could beat anyone on any given day if they're if they're all in and and shooting lights out for whatever reason. So I, I've got to, to, to interrupt State. you for a second. Go though. ahead. I, I I have some intel on why Caleb Girl got kicked. What did off he say? What like did a, he say? What did he say? Oh, lay it on us. Yeah, he he said the bridge was stupid. Hey, you know, they, they, <laughs> yo, they they kicked him off for being like right. Yeah, he was being real as hell, and they told him get out. When keeping yeah. it real, that's sacrilege. wrong. <laughs> that's sacrilege up in Ames. They they love that bridge. It's a it's a great recruiting pitch for them. Uh, the second team that I have also in the Midwest bracket is Texas. I just think that they they have what it takes to get to the Final Four and, and potentially beyond. So I've got Texas as much as it pains me going to the Final Four, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. I've got KU also in the Sweet 16. I just think they've got a they've got a path, you know, through Howard, who I know nothing about from a basketball standpoint right now, and they're going to play the winner of Arkansas and Illinois. I just I haven't seen enough from Brad Underwood this season in that Illinois team to to really give them a whole lot of of street cred there. And then Arkansas, you know, they they do have some injuries I've heard. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but I've at least heard that they've had a couple of injuries and, and I just think KU will make it past them in a rematch where they'll avenge their Liberty Bowl loss. So so I've got the, the Squawks making it past to the Sweet 16 there. I also have TCU making it in. I, I, I like TCU this season. I like what they've been doing. The Eddie Lampkin thing, Robbie's point earlier, was super weird, but they've they played very well against us. In general, when Mike Miles is on, this team is on, and and I think they can play with anybody. So I've got them making it past Gonzaga to get to the Sweet 16. And then finally, I have the Kansas State Wildcats making it to the Sweet 16 in a matchup against Marquette. 
Which leads me to hold hold on. Who do each of you have? Did you have every sing? Did you have every single Big Twelve team making it? No, no. I've got Creighton beating Baylor. I've got Creighton beating oh. Baylor, and I've got West Virginia losing to Alabama. Okay, okay, okay. I was, there was a lot, a lot of names you said, so I was getting nervous. I mean, what can I say? I'm a homer. I'm a homer for the conference. But hey, we've we've got our we've got our elite eight picks. Who wants to kick off the elite eight picks and final four picks? Uh, I can start. Um, I have I have some chalk. I would say for three out of the four um, regions, I have Alabama and Arizona um, in the south. Um, the mid. Not, well, the Midwest is uh, Houston and Texas. The West, I have KU and Gonzaga. And then in the East, I have Duke and Arkansas State University Wildcats. Um, I like the matchup if we do make it to Madison Square Garden against Marquette. Um, obviously, Marquette has a great point guard in Tyler Kolick. Um, he's I've watched a lot on him, and he's a great point guard. And so the matchup between him and Marquise Noel would be very enthralling, to say the least. Um, But I really want to see this team get to Madison Square Garden, um, if only just to be able to have some of those players play a a home game, you know, a homecoming game for them. Um, So it would be super exciting. Um, I'm going into my Final Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just okay, okay. Yeah, give your elite eight, give your final four, and and champion and national champion. So yeah, yeah. We'll just yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So I have Alabama um in the final four um along with Texas Gonzaga beating KU and I then have Duke beating K State. Um, Duke's been on a tear. I know, I know, I know. But I Duke's been on a tear, and there, there's a lot about a Duke matchup that would scare me, um, scaring me enough to pick them to make the Final Four. Um, and then in the championship game, I have Alabama and Gonzaga with Alabama as the national champion. However, um, I do reserve the right to make a change to this by Thursday because in the back of my mind, I will always have this until – the national championship game that Alabama could get a phone call at any point during this NCAA tournament that says Brandon Miller can't play anymore. And like, he's the guy I like, he's the big reason why I pick. I mean, he is a dynamic player, but literally at any point they could get a phone call. Like you got to sit this guy. Um, and so now that's in the back of my mind, like, okay, maybe I don't want to pick Alabama, but as of right now I'm picking Alabama. I think you have a really great point about the Brandon Miller thing. I, I, the, the thing that I want to know about that is like, is someone able to like, will, will someone potentially press charges against him? Like, I I just don't know how this plays out from a legal perspective, but I guess he's cleared for now. I I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Robbie, who do you have for your lead eight, your final four? And who's your national champion this year? Yeah, that'd be a damn shame if Brandon Miller couldn't play in the tournament to assist his shooters. We know how good he is with that. Uh, so in the Elite Eight, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> oh my! Uh, so in the Elite Eight, uh, in the Midwest, I have Houston taking on Texas. Uh, just a disclaimer: most of this is pretty chalk, and I know for a fact things are going to get wrong. But 
and, and it's and it's weird because I don't think this year anyone in college basketball really stepped up to be that clear number one team. Uh, so I know I'm going to get burned a little bit, and I think this tournament can be chaos, but this is what I have. Number one, Houston taking on Texas, and I have Texas winning that game, and you're going to hear a lot more about Texas in a second. I have Kansas taking on TCU, so TCU beat UCLA. And I, I think this is a, a really good matchup between two teams, obviously two Big 12 teams. But I think TCU at their best is one of the best teams in the country. But I have Kansas winning this one. I'm going to assume Kevin McCullough is back. I'm going to assume Bill Self is back to normal, which is just crazy because apparently he's joining the team after having, I, I'm not going to say a heart attack. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, but like he had stints placed and like had something with his heart or like with something. So if he can join the team, that is like straight up amazing. And that just shows how much of a psycho he is to want his team to win. Uh, in the East region, I have Duke taking on Marquette, which means I have the road ending for Kansas State. And I I just want to talk about Kansas State for a second, just because if Kansas State went and played Marquette and wait, made it to the Sweet 16, and even though they lost, like that is 100% a success, a success for the year. None of us thought this Kansas State team was going to be here. If we simulated Kansas State season like 100 times, like this may be the best result or one of the top five results like this team does not necessarily have a roster that has players that can go start and do well for other big 12 schools besides Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. Naquan Tomlin is going to be there one day and it's going to be an amazing NBA prospect one day, but he is raw as hell. This is his first time playing power five, not even power five division one basketball. He's going to be really good. And like Jerome Tang did such a good job, just like making this team, as good as they are. He made so much lemonade and like he made Marquise Noel the best version of him. He made Mark, he made Keontae Johnson the best version of him. And I just want to give credit if any fans, and I know it's the minority are going to bash Jerome Tang, like shame on you. You know, you guys got the coach for your future. And you know, after this, if you're a player who didn't get the best opportunity at another school and want to have someone who can make sure you are as good as possible and improve your NBA draft stock. Go to Kansas State. Go be with Jerome Tang. He's one of the most creative coaches I saw all year, but that's where I have the road ending, and I have Marquette advancing. And then I have Alabama taking on Arizona, and I have Alabama advancing. And it's just clear. You have Brandon Miller, and I, I know if things happen with the law, that's what happens, but he's the best player in all of college basketball, and I really don't think it's close. He's that good. And then I have Alabama taking on Marquette in the final four, and I have Marquette winning, and then Texas taking on Kansas, and I have the Texas Longhorns playing Marquette, the Shaka Smart Redemption Tour, which is just like I, the storylines from that are going to be awesome. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Texas has enough to win the national title this year. I think they are built for every situation. I think they have enough to deal with a team that has a big. I think they have enough to deal with a team with a good offense. They have good defense. I, I, I think they are suited for every single position. I think they're so well-balanced and so deep. I think Texas has enough, and I, I do like the road to make it to the Final Four and the National Championship game. So give me Texas. But wait, would that be enough for Rodney Terry to get the job? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think, I hate that. I hate I when do people too. are doing that. It's like he's earned it. Like that team never took a dip. 
he's retained all of his best recruits. They have two five stars and none of them left. Like just hire the man. Like you don't need to hire coach Cal or don't need to hire anybody else. Like you've got your guy. Um, and also they beat up on Kansas all year. Um, the last two games, they smoked them. So that's enough as well. Uh, so yeah. Chef, what are you gonna what are you gonna enlighten us with with your picks? Yeah, I mean those are those are pretty baller picks. I mean, I mean we're we've got our soundbite for the opening of the episode. I mean Robbie just slobbering all over K State right there. So, you know, just clip that and we'll put that at the beginning of the episode. Keep everybody engaged. Uh, for my elite eight, I've got, you know, I've got Alabama versus Arizona. Then I've got Duke versus K-State. I've got Houston. If, if he's healthy, if that, if that, if, 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 if they're, that point guard is not healthy, I just Marcus don't. Sasser. Sasser. First team All-American. If he's not healthy, you know, I've got Drake going to the, to the Sweet 16. If Drake might be able to knock him off. Drake! You know, dub that in. And then, but I've got Houston versus Texas in the Elite Eight if he's healthy, but I got Texas winning. And then Arkansas versus UCLA if you, if UNC Asheville doesn't get him. I didn't pick that, but that was a potential. Uh, and then in those matchups, I've got Alabama advancing versus K-State in the Final Four and Texas versus UCLA. Alabama advancing versus UCLA in the National Championship. And, you know, we've got a team full of convicts, a murderer, uh, a murderer's assistant. And, you know, I got Bama winning it 79-73 in Houston. It just means more. It's like a clue game. Oh, yeah. Brandon. (laughs) Brandon Brandon Miller with the pistol. In In the the SUV. Yeah. I heard it was under under clothes in the in the back in the trunk. So I mean, which we learned a couple of weeks ago from our from our local legal expert, Mister Mister At Bar Five, that that could have been gross criminal negligence, and he was not charged for that. So we'll see if anything develops there. But I'm not I'm not really getting my hopes up that anything will develop on the justice front for whatever that's worth. But let's talk elite eight. So I have very similar to everybody else. I think so far Alabama versus Arizona coming out of the South region. I have them playing the winner of K state and Purdue. And I have the fight and wildcats playing Alabama for the second time this calendar year in a men's sport, which will be which will be lovely to to hopefully avenge our our loss against them in the Sugar Bowl, but I don't actually have us advancing to the championship game. The other side of the bracket, I have KU playing TCU in a Big Twelve rematch, and KU advancing to the Final Four, and I have KU playing Texas, who will get the win, I think, against Houston in a future one year Big Twelve matchup and rematch of the old Southwest Conference. I remember. You know, my my father in law has told some stories about how much he hated Houston when they had the five slam jamma guys in that era of Houston basketball. But I've got KU and Texas on that side of the bracket, and for the fourth time this season, in that matchup, I've got KU uh, tying it up with a uh, with getting what their second win over Texas out of four matchups. 
So I've got them playing in the championship game against Alabama, who I have beating K-State on that side of the bracket. And I've got KU, unfortunately, going back to back. The storylines write themselves, Bill Self, blah, 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 worst to first as far as just having nobody on the roster. But really, they, they still had guys on their roster. They still had Jalen Wilson. They had a great recruiting class. It is what it is. Uh, but we've I've got the Squawks winning it all. Eh, I mean, any any other thoughts on the bracket? Anything that stood out to anybody from from anybody's picks or, or just any 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 other teams that you think could be potential dark horses that you didn't mention? I'm going to jump in real quick. Uh, so Bob Trollsby just picked Kansas to win, and you guys are Kansas State people. Is that sacrilegious? Or is it like at, at a certain point, can you just want the state of Kansas to do well? Like is it bad that you just picked your biggest rival? Like I, I don't know. It's not is a that want. bad or not? <laughs> it's not a want. I don't want to pick them to win anything. I just think that they will. Right. Right. And I, I understand, like, if you win the national title game, like, if you're in a bracket pool or whatever, like, you you basically win the challenge, like, if you pick the national title. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm a Michigan State fan. I don't know if I could ever pick Michigan to win the title. I don't know if I could ever pick Oklahoma to win and just because I fucking hate Oklahoma. Uh, but, it, I, I mean, props to you, um, and I, I have no qualms with you picking. You know, I have an interesting uh... – you could have a little predicament in the Sweet 16, Robbie, if Michigan State pulls a couple nice victories out and Kansas State and Michigan State could meet. I'm just going to stop you there. This has been the least favorite Michigan State team I've ever watched. They fucking suck. I hate it. I'm watching every single moment. This team stinks. Um, so do not I, – I, that should have been one of my picks is not picking Michigan State. I should have picked USC, but I've, I i mean, I have to like ride with them for at least a game. But this team has been so frustrating. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm ready for Tom Izzo to go, but like it would, it, it, I, it, I would. For me on the KU front, I'll, I'll tap on that Michigan State thing here in a second. But for me, for the KU front, I don't, I don't live in like an alternate universe where, like my mind that KU stinks and they they're going to lose. And like, it just would be weird for me to say, Oh, they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game just out of my hate for them. Because realistically they're one of the best, the top four programs of all time. And it would be weird for me to just like live in denial that they're any good. And when it, when it comes to like filling out brackets, like this year, I got them losing in the second round, but that's just because <laughs> they just drew a terrible, <laughs> that's, it just happened that way that they drew a terrible eight, nine, but you know, for me, I just, I just don't live in an alternate universe where they're not any good at all times, but they're pretty good all the time. So, but for Michigan state, man, you know, they, are they a blue blood? Because in my opinion, they are a blue blood. Uh, they're like a hundred percent. Uh, I think if yeah, like I mean, you have, when you think about like, the best of college basketball, Michigan State is there. And, like, you think of, like, Magic Johnson. I understand that's not, like, John Wooden era, but, like, that was enough, and they've won so many damn games. And, like, they have to be representative of one of the best eight programs in all college I, I definitely think of Michigan State as a blue blood, uh, on my end at least. I, I grew up with watching Tom Izzo, even, even with teams that are, like, a seven seed, I think they are this year – teams that don't necessarily have a great seed, but still end up making the sweet 16 or the elite eight, just because they're super, super well coached. Tom Izzo 
if I had to have a Mount Rushmore of current coaches, Tom Izzo's absolutely on it for me, at least. Coley Dove, welcome to the stage. What's up? What's up? <clears throat> I just got to say, um, there's no like rooting for the state. Like, I don't care. I don't, because I, I don't know. I don't see how any K State can't, K State fan can ever like, oh, it's good for the state if KU wins it, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, damn well, if K-State was ever in the same position, there's not, there's not a chance any KU fans are realistically like, oh, yeah, I was really cheering for K-State to win that or whatever. So that's just all trash. I, um, I think I think of it more from it, it's good for the for the Big 12, it's good for the conference perspective, then, then I would ever think of it as like, oh, it's good for the state of Kansas. No, I, I would prefer to look at it through the conference lens because I'm a Big 12. And trader. you were the commissioner. Right. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. It's that's it's that's it's I was I was just gonna say quick, it's tough to look at it that way because I hate it from a football perspective when SEC fans do that shit. So I'm kind of like, you know what, if it's not us, I don't want KU to win. I don't I, I don't know. I don't look at it from a conference thing anymore. Maybe I should. Maybe we need to I mean be- I'm I'm not going to lie. I was cheering for North Carolina last year, so I was super pissed when when they totally blew that first half lead that they had. It was classic, classic Kansas Jayhawk victory. I've got to it out. Go. Oh, oh no. Go ahead. No, y'all were good. I, I was just. I just thought of a hypothetical, like, but if we ever do guys talking ball later, I don't want to interrupt this conversation. But we're doing that the whole, right now. The whole episode the is hell, guys dude? talking oh, yeah. ball today. Well, yeah. The whole thing. Um, well, I just saw like this thing on Twitter today. It's like one of those graph things where it shows each team's logo like moving throughout history, relating to college basketball. I don't know what necessarily the graph was showing. It was like, uh, like tournament it, wins. Yeah, like it tournament was, wins tournament. or like tournament. Yeah, it just made me think. Stop of, the count at nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty nine, really? Like. Basically, my hypothetical was just like, like if, like, where would K State basketball be if they just didn't take that fucking nosedive for twenty years, and how far back that set us? Because like, K State has a great basketball tradition, but like, nineteen eighty nine to like two thousand six, two thousand seven, like what, fifteen, twenty years, just complete shit show, and just killed anything. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I, I wasn't a, like rooting for teams in the Woldrich era, so I mean, it was hard to even like because I wasn't in the state at that point, like when I could realistically think of K State basketball. So, like to think of a team before two thousand and like six is hard because we were so trash. But I mean, what what could have what could they have done? I mean, what after Ronaldo Blackman, like what happened? I don't know. It's just, I, I wasn't entrenched in the program to even think of like, like, like our age. Now we could think of like what happened with Bruce. Like we're going to be able to tell our kids, kids what happened during the Bruce Weber era where we won a big 12 title, but then we couldn't keep any players on the team. And so we went to, from the top to the absolute shit in a year span. Like, I don't know what happened during that Wildridge era for us to even think 
the hypothetical what could have happened. Just just picture a basketball program with a neck brace on it, and then you're set. That was the Warriors <laughs> era. This, this, I don't know. This kind of brings me to something that I've, I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Like I, I grew up in a household where I, my first love was K-State football, but K-State basketball was essentially, it didn't even exist in my world. Like I, I never heard about it. I never, it was never on TV. I never saw it out of the forefront. It was never covered on the news. And so I, so I, I mean, but yeah, my dad, my dad played and coached baseball at Creighton. So I grew up a diehard Creighton fan, where the only thing I knew was Creighton basketball. And I grew up in Wichita, and Wichita and Creighton had a had a big rivalry, Wichita State. So I would go to the game every year, and I'd wear Creighton gear, and I'd get yelled at by these boomer ass like joke of a like I don't know like eighty year old dudes who are wearing the the radio headset to listen to the radio call while they're inside Charles Coke Arena type of dudes that are like spitting on a you know ten year old for for wearing Creighton gear because that's just the kind of fans Wichita State have. But that was that was my perception of K State basketball. It was essentially non existent. I didn't even realize that it was a thing. You hear about KU. I remember KU players more so than I remember K State players from the the Wooldridge or Tom Asbury era because I never heard about Cartier Martin until 2006. So once Bob Huggins got hired, there was a ton of excitement around the program. And I, Bob Huggins was the beginning of K-State basketball for me as, as it existed. Me too. And, and I got this, dude, I got this book by, my grandparents got me this book when I was in high school that's called It's Time to Play and it's about Jack Gardner basketball in Kansas State University and it goes back to like the 50s to talk about the history of K-State basketball and and it was super eye-opening for me to learn that we had been to not only multiple final fours but we played in the national championship game against an Adolf Rupp coached Kentucky team so I mean I'm thinking about like Glory Road and West Texas Western they played against Adolf Rupp in, in Kentucky in a national championship game but they got over the hump it's just it's crazy to think about the history of this program up until Cole's point, 1988, 1989. And as soon as Long Kruger leaves and you've got Dana Altman there, Dana Altman, who's proven that he's a really good coach from his time at Creighton. I grew up watching Dana Altman as the head coach of the basketball team I cheered for most. And he was a great coach and, and he took Oregon to the final four. Like he's, he's done a really damn good job. Granted this year, isn't exactly the best representation of that, but I mean, Tom Asbury, the dude was 85 and 88. Jim Wooldridge was 83 and 90. It's, it was doldrums. And, and to see what has happened since then. And even though Bruce Weber had a lot of success there, there was, you know, the past three years, I would say are a bit of a, a blip in the radar as far as K-State's basketball history are concerned, when you think about the fact that there was essentially 12 to 15 years where the program virtually didn't even exist. So that was a lot of information, but I'm just going to leave that and, and let someone else talk. I just want to say I am still a little salty at Bob Huggins because, like, I got a fucking Huggyville t-shirt, like, I don't know when it was, but I got a Huggyville t-shirt. And then like two weeks later, he fucking left to go West Virginia. I think I have that somewhere, somewhere still. Yeah, you could. Also, my dad, my dad has a uh, original copy of that Mitch Richmond ESPN uh, magazine.
that Huggyville shirt, uh, people would pay top dollar for that. That's a that's a retro item. Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't know how how old would I have been? That would have been like, what was that two thousand seven? Two thousand seven is when he showed up. So yeah. like, uh, so fourteen, fifteen, year, 14, 15 year old Cole. So it'd be a little small, but yeah, I mean, I have to find it someday. I don't know if I don't know where it's at, but. It's I got a question for you guys. I, I want to kind of take this in more broad of the tournament. And I was looking at betting spreads for the for the tournament. And it had a on Barstool Sportsbook, it had a special like tournament over under for the whole tournament. A point total for any game over under the lowest score, 99.5 points. Would you take the over or the under for the whole tournament? For all, how many games do they play? A hundred and hundred so something. A game's got to be like fifty to forty nine. VCU yeah. St. Mary's. That game's going to be any Iowa State game. But <laughs> that's yes. what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, yeah. So you would take you would take the under because I look I, when I saw that number at first, I said that's outrageous. Like a a fifty to forty eight game in the in a college basketball game and these are the best teams that we can assemble and i look back at just last year there was like three of them there was like three games under 99 points so i mean i think that's free money i mean i would think like if if just last year there was three so i'm i'm gonna take i'm gonna take that and just like put like my my farm on it my ohio farm and just put it all on that so i I, any other sports bets do you guys have like that are basically locks I don't, but I was just curious if there. I mean, I'm sure there is one. Like, if any of you could find, like, what is the over under on like? I saw it. Oh, so I saw a TikTok the other day. Don't judge. Um, but China man. But apparently, if you put if you put a bet on every thirteen or. 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed to win outright in the past five years, you've come out ahead. That's wild. So something to consider is just throwing maybe five or 10 bucks on every 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed because apparently you will make your money. I think I think I, mean, I like the odds of that, yeah, because I mean the the money line odds for you know a twelve to fifteen seed are going to be pretty high. I I haven't looked to see what any of them are to be honest, but it I, I would imagine it'd be like plus five hundred or above for thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen seed. Oh, I don't know for I think when you not like for a thirteen, I'll bet there's a couple fourteens that'll be at that number, but that's a high number, like a plus five hundred. I mean, Howard is plus 2,200 right now. I would never touch that. <laughs> Colgate is plus 740 against Texas. UNC Asheville, your, your boys, your boys, Chef, they're plus 1280 against UCLA. I, don't sleep. Don't sleep. What is a USC <laughs> Michigan I don't State? know. Can someone tell me anything oh, about USC? I've heard nothing about them all year. Like, not a fucking thing. And I'm like, oh, they're... Honestly, 
honestly, I don't want to pick a Pac-12 team other than UCLA and Arizona. And so now I'm like, I had that same mentality the year they sent what, like six teams to the Sweet 16? Like, USC is absolutely massive. They're, they're one of the biggest teams in this tournament. They, they're, they've got multiple seven footers. They pack the paint. They make you shoot threes. That's why Michigan State scares me, even though Michigan State is the best, like one of the best three point shooting teams. Robbie's going to like just shoot me down because he hates that team. But like they shoot the ball like I think they're over forty percent as a team from three. It's insane. So they might not have to go inside to the paint. They might just shoot a million threes and make all of them and beat them by a hundred. Why are you giving me hope? Like shut up. I'm like, just stop saying. Me any sense of hope? Like I, that's the one thing I don't want right now. <laughs> the spreads USC is it's plus two and one a half. Ten. That I'm seeing two and a half for the spread. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you go through, like, almost the majority – I don't remember it ever being like this. Cause, like, maybe the lines that I used to see back in the day when I had to bet offshore, like, were different. But, like, the ones that – the legal sports book lines that I'm getting now for this tournament, because of the parity, it seems like, they're all super tight. Like, there's no – there's no big lines other than like the one seeds, like, and they're not even huge. They're like plus 17 minus 17 and a half. Like those are, those are not huge, huge lines. That's why the parody, like an eight, nine, I could see like being really close, but when you got Drake and Miami as like a minus two and a half, are you kidding me? What are you supposed to do with that line? That stinks. That is a terrible smelly line. And you, Obviously, you throw it on Drake, but I mean, what if Miami's prime and they just beat the hell out of them? You never know. I've bet, those, I've those bet virtually, I bet virtually no men's basketball this year in in college just because of the parity. Like I, in the past, I could just do these ten or twelve game parlays and just pick the winner of I don't know, like during non-conference play, you'd have Duke play Furman or something. I, I don't know, and and would just rack up my bankroll by doing that. And I did it a couple of times during non-conference lost every single one, just because the, the, there's so much more parody this year to your point. It's tough. I, I have a shitty stat shit on us, boy. <laughs> yeah. I need that really bad. Um, each of the past four number three seeds to lose to a number 14 seed came from the big 12 conference. And I'm hoping Fuck. it was, I know Baylor lost one of those cause they, yeah, about Jerome Georgia Tang. state. Yeah, that's when the dude fell out also, of the chair. Robbie, how did you not pick Baylor to be upset? Like, dude, you were going off on them on your podcast, and I was like, God. Well, I, they just, like, defensively are such a liability. I can't trust that team at all, but I know I know offensively what they can do, but my God, watching that Iowa State game, I just wanted to, like, burn my eyeballs. The fact that Iowa State out-rebounded them by 20 while that fucking tree, uh, Flo Thamba, just did nothing right there. He's such a waste of a basketball player. I hate watching him play. But no, I have them winning at least one game, but I think the one game they lost, didn't they lose to Yale when that one Torian Prince, like, uh, to yeah. every rebound, you put two hands – and they come down with it, and that's Dude, really I used to I love think they lost that game. Oh, he's good. But, yeah, that was an all-time clip. That was the only reason, like, like obviously I don't know a lot of Baylor, but, like, that's what put Baylor on the map for me besides that one punter getting absolutely smoked in that bowl game. Uh, that's a great meme as well, but that happened again. Do we do we want to do a quick preview of Montana State? And and I'll, I'll add it with the caveat of 
look, Three Ma, Bosco's Boys, all these other K-State podcasts are, are going to do much better deep dives. And in fact, some of them already have. Uh, I just have to mention this, this head coach is named Danny Sprinkle. That's hot. I mean, we're not gonna lose. We're not gonna lose to a guy named Danny Sprinkle. Sprinkle these nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Someone, <laughs> someone had a tweet that was like, "I'm surprised this guy isn't like an OnlyFans model of some sort." That it was, was me. Abs- oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Hey, good joke. Hey. <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought, thought that that you know, with a name like Danny Sprinkle, the dude, I'm surprised he's not raking in the dough. Within OnlyFans or something, you know, I, I don't know. But he, I guess just a little history on the guy. He's like their Brad Underwood, if you will. The dude played at Montana State. He was an assistant for a number of years. And then he came back. He's their prodigal son. He's 0-1 in March Madness. They got, like, absolutely mollywhopped by Texas Tech last year by 30 points. I mean, they're 110 in Ken Palm. They're 170th in adjusted offense. They're 73rd in adjusted defense. 103rd in the net. They're 0-2 in quad one wins. As I'm going on, I'm like, this is just more and more of a recipe for disaster if we actually lose this game to this team. But they've got, I mean, they've got two guys from England. It's Bello. Three and, guys. Uh, a great Ozabor. Three, three guys. They've got three yeah. guys. Three, three guys, guys from, well, they, they eat beans and toast for breakfast. So I'm not going to put any stock into them, you know, doing anything noteworthy on the basketball court i guess it, all of that is to say i just want to go around the horn like if you've got any thoughts on this montana state team if you've watched any of their games i watched one game that they played against northern arizona who just i don't even know how they were in the big sky conference tournament title but they were a 12 and 23 team like montana state won that game i just i haven't watched this team i know nothing about them what are you guys scared for what are you not scared for? Where do you think we're going to match up well? I mean, I think the scary part of this is the past two games for us have been just really abysmal with the turnovers. And we've seen the season when we get loosey-goosey with the ball and we throw it away. These games end up being not so fun to watch. And this is a game that, yes, you can probably get away with a little bit of a higher number of turnovers, but if you really want to put your best foot forward for the first round, you have to hold on to the fucking basketball. Hard stop. Like, have to do it. Um, And so I'm sure that's a key point um, that the coaching staff is putting into these guys of, you know, being smart, um, going through the offensive sets in the half court, Remember the 65% number for our assists. Um, I feel good about the game. I'm actually going to be missing it uh, because at that time I'll be in Albany watching Kent State in Indiana that night. So I'll be keeping up on my phone. Here's what I got to say about uh, basically just all in all, just the whole tournament together. But Kansas State, Finally getting out of that Big 12 grind. I know, I think Robbie brought that up earlier, but just these teams getting out of that grind of the Big 12, seeing each other already being scouted like three three or four times, well, two or three times by, by a team and they knowing you inside and out, you knowing them inside and out, not being able to do anything about it, finally getting out of that. And my thing is, 
finally getting away from these Big 12 refs, maybe seeing the way games are called not outside the big uh, outside of the Big 12, where there's maybe a little bit more freedom, where the ticky tack stuff's not going to be called every three seconds and bogging a game down. So maybe we'll be able to see more flowing style and we won't be so loosey-goosey with the ball like Matt said because we'll finally be able to get into a rhythm. We'll finally be able to get some confidence going, putting multiple possessions together. But they they do – they have elite colors. I mean, blue and gold, elite. That is just an elite color combination, that navy blue, matte gold, elite combo. They are also in a, a cat, which I am a fan of. I am a cat man. So – that that plays in their their chance is go cats go. That's hot. <laughs> pretty pretty that's pretty, fire. That's pretty good. I'd say the scary thing to me is the. Uh, I don't know. I think Scott said it was like minus nine. I think I saw a little bit ago. It was like minus eight. So yeah, it went down. Yeah, that's it was eight. It opened eight and a half. Went up to minus nine. Then it's back down to minus eight now. Uh, the consensus is minus eight and a half. Like sixty three percent of the betters are minus eight and a half so i mean it that just seems so low that seems that seems way too close for my comfort level eight and a half i hate every these are the yeah these are the bet this isn't a cole this isn't a team that like was a 12 and 22 team that won their championship game these are this is the best team out of their conference I mean, it just is what it is when we were playing out of conference teams that like the radfords and uh you know Kansas City, those teams were absolute garbage cans that we were playing. And, I mean, we were supposed to beat them by 20. This is the best of the best field of 64 teams. There there really shouldn't – with like we were just saying, with the parity in basketball, there should be no spreads that are outrageous, especially because we're not, we're not the elite of the elite. We are – we're a top 15 team. Well, you should be. If if we lose, we should be in shambles. But to say eight and a half is is kind of small. If we win by ten, that's I think that's a good that's a good outing. You know, any I expect nothing but tight games throughout this tournament. And I mean, I just don't I just don't see where we where a game is that's a blowout. That's a blowout. That's a blowout. We, or there wouldn't be we wouldn't even be taught. We wouldn't even had to open this segment with oh is that a potential upset because every of these high seats should just be able to walk in and say that's a blowout, but it's not like that because these teams are good. And like Jerome Tang's Jerome Tang said, every freaking time they were talking about the NCAA tournament, the first game is always the hardest. These teams have time to prepare for you. I don't think we've had a, I don't think we've had a blowout in an NCAA tournament game since probably 2010. We played North Texas in the first round, but we were, that was a two fifteen. Ooh, I have another. Lay it on me. Who do you think? Who do you think? So I remember this. I don't know. This is. I don't know if this makes sense, but so I remember Mike McGurl stepping up and just coming out like kind of came out of nowhere. It feels like against Creighton when he was a freshman. Who do you think is going to be that guy who kind of just pops off and just surprises us all in this tournament? Cam Carter. Ish. I was I was thinking Cam Ish Carter. too, dude. Like Ish was my like. I was gonna go with your guy. My guy. I was my gonna guy go can't with Tyke Green. Throws for shit. 
Holy but look, hell, he's dude. he's going to be playing at home. He's going to be playing at home in MSG in the Sweet 16. I'm going with Tyke Green. I'm going I'm going Cam Carter. I like him. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be proven to be a uh, because a, a lot of teams are just going to blanket, you know, the same style that tries the what other Big 12 teams did with trying to shut down Marquise Noel's trying to trap him in the corner and we're going to need another primary ball handler and that will be Cam Carter and he'll get his shit together and he'll turn out he'll probably turn out a couple 15 point games and we're all going to be like what the fuck going on a run to the sweet 16 with Cam Carter kind of like being that third wheel and if we're hitting on all cylinders it's when Cam Carter is going yeah so yeah it's same i mean if i think it's same the same can be said with Desi Seals. I mean, Desi Seals is more of a guy who, like, when shit's not going well, he kind of keeps us in it. Yeah, but you said a guy. You said a guy like right, came right, out right, of nowhere. Right. So, I mean, Desi is the right. Um, another question, uh, Robbie. This is based on a tweet you had earlier. Say K State gets in a crunch time, needs a magical three to win the game. Would you rather go Keontae Johnson or Marquise Noel? Or I guess I'll throw in. Uh, give me, give me Marquise Noel, and I've I said this a bunch during, like, after Kansas State got their seating, but like, Marquise Noel to me has the potential to have a Jimmer Ferdet, Carson Edwards, Steph Curry type of tournament. I think he's that type of person who has a lot of I don't give a fuck when it comes to shooting the basketball, and he's proven to make them. And I can just see Kansas State if they're down six or seven with a couple minutes left, like. He's going to make some shots to bring them back. And I think his story of just like being five, eight in general and doing the things he do, I think he's going to like, we know him very well in the big 12, big 12 country, but I don't think the country necessarily knows Marquise Noel that much. And I think I've enjoyed watching him more than any other player in the big 12, what he can do offensively when it comes to just playmaking some of his passing, even defensively, he like plays this like safety type of role. I really enjoy watching him play, but he's also kind of been the death of Kansas state in some games because the games that they lose, he shoots really bad. And he's also turning off, like turning the ball over just like way too much. You look at all of their major losses, like Marquise Noel may have really good points by the end of the game, but he's missed about like 70% of his shots and he's only made a certain amount and he's turned over the ball five or seven times. Like, he can be the death of Kansas State, but he's also that player like you need to have in the tournament that you can trust or can have that level of shooting. Um, so I, I would trust Marquise Noel more if it was like you needed a three. But if you just needed a basket, like you're down by one, give the ball to Keontae Johnson, go get that alley-oop, go have him post up. Like he is way too strong of a human being um, in that situation. Can you imagine Marquise Noel doing like one of those – behind the back on a fast break, like we're up like seven or eight, and he like whips one behind the back to like Naquan or Keontae, and they slam it home, and we're like on the front page of like CBS, like, oh, shit, look at K-State running. Oh, my God, I'm fucking pumped. He has the potential for that. Like, I I just want to prepare you. Like, if things go well and Kansas State makes a run, like, just prepare for Marquise Noel to be the talking point. I know that, like, people are going to talk about the amazing story of Keontae Johnson coming back and just playing basketball. Um, but like, just prepare for that type of a run. I think he has that type of potential. From that uh, Twitter question you put yesterday, uh, did you put an answer? Did you post an answer? Like, who in the Big Twelve you would pick for that three? 
Yeah, I, I would pick Marquise Noel, and I, I, he is the player for me. Obviously, some other picks like Jalen Wilson. I thought in so many games he made such clutch shots, and even that game that you know they lost in the Octagon of Doom, which was the best Big Twelve game of the year. I really thought he. I mean, that was the best game of his year, and like I thought Kansas State should have like really pulled away, and he kept on doing that. So I have Marquise Noel, I have Jalen Wilson. I don't like sure I could say a really good shooter from Baylor, but I don't think they're ever going to be in that position just because I don't, I don't trust that team. Um, so yeah, those, those are my main two uh, as of right now. Good, good choices. I, I've got a, I've got one more betting question and then, you know, you'll, you're done hearing from me. Uh, and then Bob will probably wrap us up, but I want, I want to know, this is another weird line, just similar to that 99 and a half, 99.5 points uh, line. One and a half buzzer beaters throughout the whole tournament. And they, they specified that it, it's with time expiring in end of regulation or overtime. I'm hammering the over. Do you think I'm over? Trying to think, I'm trying to think of how many there were last year. I, I mean, I couldn't think of the life for me. For I mean, I remember two years ago when Vil- – no, was it two years ago with Villanova? Three years what, ago. Mm, what were the that odds? was a while back. Uh, it was plus 250 for yes. I mean, over one, one and a half and uh, minus 120, I think, for the no. So under one and a half. So that might be a little just fun the, little prop bet to put an over on. I mean, just the pure amount of games, you, it just seems like you have to be a. That's what I was thinking, but I mean, it's just the the spe- it's with the the specifics that it has to be with time expiring because I think of buzzer beaters like with point three or with like point seven or something like that. I consider those buzzer beaters, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Um. I, Robbie, I have a question for you. I mean, how how are you going to enjoy the first and second round? I mean, do you have a lot of work from a SiriusXM perspective? Um, you know, what is, as a media member watching the NCAA tournament, what is that like for you? Yeah, in college, I loved it so much just because I, like, skipped all of my classes and just, like, sat down with a, a 30 rack and just drank that for uh, the entire weekend. It was so much fun. I missed that time greatly, but for work, it's really just like nonstop, like constantly watching things or updating or like contacting the schools, SIDs, making sure we get the players on. It's fun. It's a lot. I'm happy when it's over on the work side of things, just because like I can't enjoy it as much as everybody else, but like with working on the Midwest Madness podcast, I've re refound that love for just like watching basketball and enjoying it. And having it not really be about work, just like having fun talking about it. Um, but it, it is a busy-ass time. And usually with the Big 12, it, it's usually a national title type of team. So that's extra work for me. But, like, afterwards, like, I'm really thankful to be, like, covering this conference. Because, like, I would hate to work for Pac-12 Radio. And, one, just feel impending doom at every single moment, every day, that your conference is just going to blow up at any single point. But also, that, like, it's really fun to be watching a team that you've covered all year and like the team that you talk about all day, you know, finally at that stage and like winning. So uh, it's busy as hell. I love it. Um, 
And I'm really excited because there's no like buffer from football season to basketball. Like you just kind of go into it full force. So like I've been nonstop working for about like, I don't know, since like August, really. I cannot wait for the tournament to end and pretend to care about softball and baseball. But really, I'm just going to like read books and like go play basketball and not dunk a basketball. Um, but no, it, it is a busy ass time. You'll get there, buddy. You'll get there. I, I, I mean, really I'm seeing, I'm seeing the progression. If you just listen to me and do your calf races, you do some uh, heel, heel, uh, put your heels together and squat down. Hold your squats for like 15 seconds at a time. Do them 10 times a day, and do your squats. Maybe do some calf races. Actually, do maybe a, lot a little stairmaster. Have you been doing the stairmaster? Hey. Oh, I've been doing everything. Yeah, just... I've, I've been doing Pilates. I've been doing squats. And the thing is, my whole life, I was just the guy who, like, stand on the three-point line and shot threes because I'm white. But now I have to actually go in and dunk, and that's the difficult part because I have no idea what to do. I don't know where to jump from. I don't know how many steps beforehand. And, like, I, I'm, I'm also just white. So that's, like, really difficult for me. When you do finally dunk, when you do finally dunk, don't hold on to the rim because you will break your shit. You if you if you finally get that ball over for the first time and try to hold on to the rim, you'll flip backwards and you will die. So don't do that. No, but that's kind of what I want. Like if I dunk and immediately die right after, like that's like awesome. I just hope someone was recording or I was yeah, well, recording and so someone- yeah. <laughs> Imagine how long that recording is. It's like four hours long of a video of you just dead on the ground and someone finally realizes that you're dead in the basketball court by yourself. And I hope my family sells that tape and I hope that it's really late in. So like people have to wait a really long time uh, to, to watch my body. <laughs> what, what The police show up and they get the video and then they hit delete. No, on it and it never that's happened. a gold mine. I'm putting that on pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm putting that on my OnlyFans. If Robbie, I was just gonna say, if you die from dunking a basketball, I hope Brandon Miller was the one that that assisted you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. He's assisting assisting a shooter, which is me. I'm a really good shooter, but now I'm dunking. Robbie, what was uh, speaking to that thirty rack in college? What was your thirty rack flavor of choice back in the day, and now? Uh, So I grew up. I grew up in Michigan and uh, and I went to school in Michigan and I don't know if you guys get it, but Labatt Blue, yeah. Labatt Blue Light is the the best tasting cheap beer, even though it's like a higher end cheap beer. Um, obviously, I'm a Coors guy as well. There was a time I was running with uh, Keystone Light, and that is by far the most garbage cheap beer in the entire world. And like, I remember there was a there was a sale at our local grocery store for a 24 rack. That was nine ninety nine, and I had the worst fucking hangover my entire life. I swear to God, I was out for three days, and ever since then, I haven't been able to look at a Keystone. But the thing that made me love Keystone is that like chance you could get like I think it was like the gold or the orange can. Like that was the only reason me and my friends got it, um, which is the dumbest marketing scheme that somehow worked with the, like, my stupid brain. That's elite level. That's elite level marketing for that, and they had the best beer commercials by far. Like Budweiser couldn't touch them. I mean, when you had Keith Stone, he's so smooth. That is that is my when I think of beer commercials, Keith Stone is my guy. I want I I went as Keith Stone as a, ho- a Halloween costume one time. He's so Dude, smooth. I remember when Natty Light came out with like because you would never see a commercial for Natty Light, and then all of a sudden they had like Natterday commercials. 
I was so hyped. I was like, oh my God, there's a Natty Light. I'm a big Coors guy, so I appreciate that from you, Robbie. And as a hockey fan, I see Labatt Blue ads, but I've never had it. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to the oh, first what? time to try Oh, my Labatt. God. It's, it's an amazing beer. If you're ever north or, like, by anywhere past Ohio, I hope you're not in Ohio. If some, Wait, someone here lives in Ohio, right? No. We, Watch we your mouth, some of Chef. Chef is in Jesus. I guess you're in Colorado. Watch your mouth. Ohio's trash. Watch your mouth, Sorry. Robbie. Watch it. Uh, also going back to keystone though like that special can it did nothing it was like willy wonka but you got it and it was just like congrats you got it and like what a stupid thing that we all looked forward to but sorry oh my god i cannot take this i'm not like i'm not gonna allow this to keep happening we're we're just not gonna let it happen if you go for like hour-long drives in ohio it just is depressing like every time i drive through ohio like i'm I'm like look i I can't do it there's just fireworks stores everywhere too as well it's because you're near michigan we have to like you have to transition into the michigan territory like if if michigan if michigan knights or whatever you guys call yourselves creep into ohio you have to make it You have to make it a little bit more resembling to home, so that's why they make it. Michigan's that way. beautiful. But when you get closer, and we're uh, also called Michiganders. Michiganders. <laughs> Take a gander. These nuts. Oh damn it! That was good. I'm not gonna I mean, lie. You, you just killed me. Got I'm not gonna lie. He he got you there, and and uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up for for this edition of Cocaine Willie Robbie. Dude, we very much appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna give you a couple seconds to plug your stuff and and where the people should find you. Yeah, this is every time you you've asked me, which has now been twice, uh, I get really excited just because I've never had more fun as a guest on a podcast. I feel like this is a safe space for just to me to be a total weirdo and say pop off some Brandon Miller jokes or some Bijan Cortez getting absolutely drilled in the end. <laughs> so I, I really enjoy you guys letting me get off those jokes. Uh, and now we are in the final stretch of March Madness. Go follow the Midwest Madness podcast. You can do it on Twitter at MW underscore Madness Big 12. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your mom's credit card or somewhere, go and get a subscription to SiriusXM and listen to Big 12 Radio. Well, we appreciate having you on as always. And for all of us here at Cocaine Willie, to everybody who participated from the live room tonight, thank you. A quick programming note, we're going to keep doing the Tuesday evening thing for the next few weeks. So, uh, join us on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. Give Cocaine Willie a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to be notified of new episodes when they drop, or leave us a review with your feedback. And if you're on Twitter or Instagram, follow the show at Cocaine Willie or follow us individually. I am at Bob Trollsby. Chef is at Chef Andre Napier. And Fireball Matt is at Matt Marchesini. Chef. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. We're all coke and no joke. Wildcat Country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Fuck you. <laughs>